You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and happy, happy, how's everybody doing out there? Welcome to Earth Station One. This week, we are looking at Mandalorian Season 2. That's right, Mando, you're on ESO now, and we have you in our sights. So we've got a lot to talk about this week, and we've got a great time to do it. And speaking of my favorite bounty hunter who goes across the universe with his little green pal right at his side, let's say hi to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Does that make me your little green pal, though? Sure. Right. Well, I don't know. Are, are you really that adorable? Some people have said I am. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I, we can market that, right? So are you marketable? Oh, I am very marketable. Can we can we have baby faders fabers all over the place? Baby faders. Yeah, me in a robe. <laughs> it, that would be look be, go really great. <laughs> baby baby faber eating uh, drinking soup sipping soup. Uh, baby faber. Uh, I eating... will not eat a frog. I will not eat a frog. So, <laughs> and don't even get me started on eggs. Ah, ooh, <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> So no, uh, that that's that's a good possibility that we will not have happen there. So who knows what we will find out tonight? And we've got a great time to talk all about it. We've got a great crew lined up for you. We've got a great interview for the Geek Seat tonight. So we've got a busy show for you. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. Let us know what you guys got going on. How's life? How's things going? You know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you got your thoughts on Mandalorian were. We definitely would love to hear that. Big shout out to our patrons, of course. Please, you know, we love our patrons. Our patrons are our friends. Our patrons are the people that actually helps keep the lights on here at the station. Not just for Earth Station One, but the whole ESO network. And we want to give a big shout out to our newest patron. Welcome back to Patreon, Jerry Chandler. Thank you, thank you for always helping your support of the ESO network and especially Earth Station One. You've been with us for quite some time. And so it's great to see you helping support us up on Patreon. Thank you. And yes, you could do that too for as little as a dollar a month. You could be a patron of the ESO network. And all you have to do go is just go to patreon.com slash ESO network and you could become a member of the ESO Patreon Society. God, that sounds good. I really like that name. So definitely would love to, you know, help, you know, help you guys help us out and we would appreciate it. Another way you guys could help us out, of course, is let your friends and neighbors know all about Earth Station One. If you're enjoying the show, hearing us ramble and talk and stuff each week, we definitely would love to have you guys, you know, tell your friends and neighbors. We are available up on Apple Podcasts. We are up on Google Podcasts. We're up on Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. Even now we are up on audible.com. So you could find us pretty much on any place you could find podcasts, even Pandora. 
Earth Station One is up on Pandora now. That's pretty darn awesome. So please, Earth Station One, tell your friends, leave feedback. We don't beg for much. Okay, we do a little bit, but we don't beg for all that much. And so we definitely would love for you guys to leave feedback, rate us, and, you know, like we said, tell your friends and neighbors. We really would appreciate it. Let's give a huge shout out and a howdy for 2021 to our friends over at Tifosi Optics. Tifosi has some great things coming up. And you know what? Spring is right around the corner. We're in the dead of winter right now. But you know what? Spring is right around the corner. And the future is so bright. We do have to wear shades. And Tifosi Optics is the place to do that. Tifosi, you can custom make any kind of pair of sunglasses you want color-wise. You can get different color lenses. You can get different color frames. You could do, you know, just the way you want it. You can mix and match. It's pretty awesome. They also have gamer glasses. They have the blue light glasses. They also have safety goggles and such. It's pretty awesome. And Tifosi has a brand new code for fans of Earth Station One. That's right. You will get 10% off if you put in the code Earth Station One, all one word. It's pretty awesome. So just go ahead, go to tifosioptics.com and tell them Earth Station One sent you. And now we are here with our new friend, Charlie Marie. Welcome to Earth Station One. Hi, thank you. Absolutely. Welcome to the station. Nice to meet you guys. How, um, for those people who may not be familiar with you and your work, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm an actor and I also screenwrite. Um, I've done quite a bit of horror films screenwriting wise so far and a couple of, you know, like two or three feature films that are more drama based. Um, and as far as acting, I've been the comedic relief a couple of times and I've also mostly done dramatic stuff. Like I was a detective and uh, Mafia Boss's Wife, and that was real fun. Very different from my typical day-to-day personality, but um, yeah. How did you get, in, uh, how did, was it something you always wanted to be involved with making movies, or oh, yeah. um, where did that start? I've been wanting to be an actress since I was, gosh, I was tiny. I don't even remember not wanting to be one ever. I think I've always wanted to be one, and I never really, like, felt like I could actually, you know, break out of my shell and tell people that I wanted to. So I never really tried for it until a couple, like a couple years ago. And then um, after I got my first paid role, I was like, I finally came out to my whole family and I was like, listen, I'm an actor. Like I actually make a living off of it now. I can support my family with it. And it's amazing. And my dad was like, what? that's so good. I'm so proud of you. He's like, I totally thought you were going to do the nursing thing forever. And I was like, I really love helping people, but I can also help them with my emotions through acting. And nursing was killing me. I mean, I, I couldn't handle the sleep schedule. I worked nights. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I definitely love acting a lot more. I can emote as much as I want. And that feels incredible. So what kind of what kind of movies or works in the past have had inspired you? Oh gosh, so many. Um, like I was literally telling my best friend the other day that um, out of all the movies I've seen, I cannot think of one that I didn't like. There's just, there's at least something about each movie that I take away from it that I like about it. Whether it's you know I think that the actor's really good, or you know it could be something so small as like 
the lighting was really cool <laughs> whatever it is there's always a good takeaway and for the stuff that I've done um I think each one has inspired me to do better for the next one because you know when it's happening and I'm in it I always learn something from it and then the next time I do even better so I just constantly am inspired to do better and better and better and keep learning and so that's like my favorite thing Mm -hmm. Uh, you said um you know you've written out of the ones you've written you've written uh, mainly or mostly horror stuff is that a genre that you really connect with no, it was kind of an accident. <laughs> Honestly, it was totally an accident. I, I'm a student as well. And I'm, you know, constantly writing like essays, songs, poems, stuff for school or whatever. And one of my, my friends, um, his other friend was like sent him a horror, you know, screenplay and he thought it was great, but was like, uh, somebody needs to edit this. Hey, Charlie, hmm. would you like to, you know, edit this for him and I was like oh sure yeah I don't have any projects right now sure so you know I edit it and then I was like wait what if you change like these couple of things about the plot you know what, what do you think about that and he's like dude that's amazing and so then I started co-writing with him and then eventually I kind of branched out on my own and I wanted to learn more like you know actual classes and like learn more about it so then I started you know writing stuff on my own and um it just he happened to be writing a horror film at the time. And after, you know, they read um, the one that I wrote on my own, they were like, whoa, can you write another one for me? Like, that's really great. And so then people started asking me to write horror. But the funny thing is, is it's not normally a genre I would have picked. I just happened to write it well, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Is there something when you're writing or when you're picking a project, is there something that you look for specifically? Are there things that you, that attract you to certain projects? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, you know, fairly open to like helping out, but in general, the stuff that I like the most is when there's like plot twists, of course, because it's it's witty and it's smart and it's, you know, you have to really think about what you're watching or um, the really inspirational stuff like, um, like Pursuit of Happiness, where, you know, he goes and he has to really work hard to achieve what he needs to for himself and his son. And it's like, I mean, I cried at the end of that movie because I was so inspired and that just really reaches home for me. Um, that type of inspirational stuff. And, you know, also definitely the inspirational stuff and then also the witty stuff, like where they have banter back and forth or there's a plot twist or, you know, stuff like that. Um, as far as the projects that you've been involved with thus far, is there anything that you've done recently or anything that, uh, you know, you want to give um, particular attention so that people can check out? Yeah, actually, we are funding for Wicked Ally right now. Um, the link is on my website, but it's basically uh, I'm a detective in it. And there's a, you know, sort of a killer who, you know, had some stuff go on with him emotionally in his past that led him to actually want to do what he did. And I have to, you know, figure out exactly what caused him to do that. And it's really fun. We did a trailer for it um, last year before COVID happened. And um, so we, we did a trailer for that. And now we're just waiting for funding and then they're going to have me back on for the movie. And I'm really looking forward to it. Like, you know, I get to play a detective. It's awesome. 
<laughs> it, it looks really cool. I love the title. Um, and uh, looking here, it looks like it's got a couple of more than a couple of uh, horror heavyweights involved with Ari Lehman and Kane Hodder. Like, oh yeah, to, to mention a few, right? Yeah. So, so that must be a yeah, a cool project. I'm really looking forward to doing it. Yeah, I'm super excited about that one. Awesome, awesome. Well, Mike, I, I think I think she's prepped and ready for the for the geek seat. She does. She's too, uh, she's laughing too much. I think she's too happy. Too happy. You know, most people, you know, they come in all happy and go happy go lucky, ready for the geek seat. But you know, last time we had, I think, you know, this, you know, horror star on the and I think he was in tears by the end. So, you know. So it's like, are these questions? These questions. It's like I've seen blood and guts, but this is just the geek seat. It's just too much. So I think it's going to be great. I think Charlie's going to do awesome. But, you know, let's see how how much she could hold up with it and everything. So. I mean, I'm prepared. I got my Aguamente water bottle here. Like, I'm ready. She's, re- <laughs> she's ready for any spell that we throw at her. So it's, it's awesome. So I, yep. I think we're ready. So, Charlie, you ready for your first question then in the geek seat? Sure. What was your favorite geek out moment? Oh gosh. Um I think the first time I went to Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, I literally like I was like this is an entirely new world. My life is drastically changed now. I am Harry <laughs> Potter. Like I literally just turned into Hermione. Like and I just walked around and I was like this is incredible. My my best friend was there at the time and she said she's like dude, you were like a kid in a candy store or like a kid at Christmas. You were so excited. And I was like, yeah, that was Harry Potter world. Are you kidding? So best moment ever. So much fun. That is awesome. It's, it's amazing. It it does feel like you go into a whole nother world, especially when you're going through Diagon Alley and everything. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And they have like snow on top of the rooftops and like they have like, it's just like, you look everywhere and there's no place where you look where it's not Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So like they have like the butter beer and like the people walking around that are, you know, tourists coming with their robes and wands out. And it's like, this is so real. <laughs> exactly. It's like, all right, I got to go get my books for, you know, for Hogsmeade. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is cool. That is it's really cool. Fun. And the rides are great too. It was great. What was your most disappointing mo- geek out moment though? I think probably I went to go into theaters. I was a lot younger. I went to go into theaters to um, see Harry Potter 3 with my mom, and she surprised me with tickets, and I was ecstatic to go. I was, like, so ready. I was bouncing off the walls excited. And, you know, we get there, we sit down, and her first question is, like, like, wait, why do they have one? And I'm like, Mom. Are you, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't understand why they have what? And I was like, okay, let me just just real quick, real quiet, as fast as I can. Let me just give you a rundown of the first two like books and movies, and then I'll tell you the third book really quick while we're like trying to watch the intro. And I was like, but wait, hold on, Shh, this part's good. And she's like, but you were telling me, and I'm like, Shh, wait, 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 wait. And she's like, okay, but like, tell me what's happening. And I'm like, I, I can't. It's too good. I just have to watch it, please. I'll tell you later. She's <laughs> like. Kind of a little sad she didn't already know, but I should have prepped her ahead of time. Totally should have told her about it beforehand. 
No, totally understand that completely. That that's awesome though that you were able to do that with your mom and explain it to her. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand it. Like taking somebody to like a comic con or something. Why are these people dressed up like this? You know. Oh, <laughs> pang to the heart. You know. <laughs> exactly. It's like oh god, oh god. <laughs> what geeks you out the most? Probably Harry Potter. It's like my instant, like, I mean, like, the second anything Harry Potter is mentioned, I'm just like, yes, let's get into this super much. I mean, I like other stuff, too, but that's my, like, number one favorite thing. Sure, of course. No, so. Totally makes sense. And there's so much about it, too. I mean, I do really it. like Disney, too. Like, Disney stuff, I always end up kicking out about, but I think Harry Potter would be, I don't know, they're both kind of up there, like. Either like Disney stuff or Harry Potter. Sure. I no, totally understand that. What turns your geek off though? Hmm. I think um, probably like when I'm really into something and I'm geeking out about it and then somebody looks at me and it's like, seriously, you're still into that? Like you're like in your 20s now. And I'm like, wait, but it's really cool. And then I kind of just like feel bad and I'm like, but, but I, I, I like it. It's, it's cool. Watch, I'll show you why it's cool. And they're like, yeah, okay. That's great, Charlie. And I'm like, no, be excited with me. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of turn off. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. It's like, <laughs> I can totally understand that. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? Um, Hiro Hamada from Big Hero 6. Oh, like, awesome. He, he's super smart. I mean, he's really smart. And, you know, he has that whole dark background that I don't want to give away for anybody. But, like, you know, he has that kind of thing where it's, like, I can empathize with him and understand. And, you know, then also, like, he made a bunch of really cool stuff. Like, he made Baymax and everything. And Well, I mean, he made him after his brother made him, but still. Yeah. Um, so like, we knew, we knew really what you cool meant. We knew what you meant. Yeah. Plus, San Fran Tokyo, like that is the most awesome name for a place. Like it was mm -hmm. just, I was so proud of them. They they combined everything and made it perfect. It was like, how did you guys like? It was great. I loved how they did that. No, that's pretty awesome that they did that. It was such a good movie, and the world they created was okay. just awesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, combining San Francisco and Tokyo is great. Mm -hmm. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Probably Mother Gothel from Tangled because, I mean, that's just really horrible. Like to be a pretend mom to somebody for years and years and make her feel, you know, horrible like that and gaslight her her entire life to where she's confused about certain things that she shouldn't be worried about. And I mean, in some ways you could kind of be like, oh, she was protecting her. But like, there's also the aspect of like, she was only protecting her for her own gain. And it just kind of, ugh, I would not want to meet her because she just seems like, I could try to empathize with her, but I would be like, ugh, why would you do this to your daughter, you know, the entire time? Oh, sure. No, totally makes sense. It's, why yeah. would you do that and everything? And now she was just evil and wicked. Yeah, just pure selfish. Like, yeah, no exactly. good reason behind it. Mm -hmm. 
She was tangled. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? Hmm. There are like 10 in Harry Potter that I just thought of at the same time. Hold on. Um, I have so many. I think probably um, Sirius Black, I believe, is the one that says it to Harry. And it is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are more than our abilities. And I think that just speaks about, like, my entire life and everybody's entire life. It's our choices that show what we truly are. Mm-hmm. So, I really like it. I think it was Sirius Black. That's awesome. There was this whole scene where Harry was like, you know, having trouble trying to figure out what he was, good, bad, what. And he's like, it's our choices, Harry, you know. So I definitely agree with that. That's awesome. No, that's really, really good. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you. What is your ideal geek occupation? Hmm. I feel like everybody would say this who likes Harry Potter, but I think I'd want to be an Auror. And because, you know, like defending good, figuring out, it's kind of along the lines of the detective thing. where It's like, you know, trying to, you know, continue to keep good in the world and dispense bad as much as possible. No, that's totally makes sense. That's totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I sense a theme here with all the Harry Potter stuff, though. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have a bit of an obsession, apparently. <laughs> you know what? There's worse things to be, you know, obsessed about. Speaking of negative things, <laughs> yeah. what geek occupation would you not like to do? Oh, I wouldn't want to be a Death Eater. Like, they literally go out of their way to do things that they're thinking that they're sacrificing for whatever reason that they believe it's a good thing for Voldemort. And it ends up being like, they end up getting hurt anyway. It's like, you know, do what I tell you to do. And then I'm going to shoot you anyway, or I'm going to chop off your hand or whatever he does to them. It's that would really, really suck as a job. No, totally understand that completely. Um, that, yeah, yeah, that would really suck as a job. Nope, because you yeah. know, you're, you're thinking you're doing helping out the cause, and they're going, oh, you did this wrong. You're gone. All right. Exactly. It's like, how is that even fair? There's no negotiation. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. I, I concur. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't work. <laughs> like, it no, would I not work. I say I'm good with it. Not bad. <laughs> Gosh. Exactly. No second chance. <laughs> <laughs> nope. One chance and one and done, as they like to say. Oof. Yeah. All right. Charlie, are you ready for your final question, the geek seat? This is yes. this is for everything. This is for the world. This is yours. To to take it or leave it. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Hmm. My ultimate geek fantasy would be, I think I'm going to stick with the Harry Potter theme here because that's always the first thing I think of, um, to be, to, to go to Hogwarts, to be able to go to school there and um, not just go to school there, but also, I mean, I would definitely be a Gryffindor. I 
taken the test like a thousand times and I'm always a Gryffindor and personality wise it just fits but I'd be able to like be in the house and like be you know learn all the spells and do all the potions and you know I would probably end up really kind of following in everybody probably would but I'd probably end up following kind of in Harry's footsteps a bit until you know like towards the end I'd be like okay I want to like learn this other stuff on my own that I totally think is cool because maybe I can't ride a broom perfectly but I might be really really smart with like you know potions or herbology or something that's like different I don't know I'd be curious what I'd actually be good at that's cool. No, that is awesome. And you've, yeah. given, you've given this thought, I can tell. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I started reading the books when I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> like, they're wow. like part of my life now. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Charlie, I've got some great news for you. You're still smiling mm-hmm. and you've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young lady what she's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $18.04. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's been it's been great having you. Um uh so Wicked Alley is the is the new project, right? Yes. And yes, we're waiting for funding for that. Awesome. And how can people find out about that and more things that you're involved in? Um, my website is www.charlie, without an E, just C-H-A-R-L-I, hyphen Marie, M-A-R-I-E, dot com. And under projects, I believe, is where I have the link for, so they can watch the trailer. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, good luck with that, as well as um, all your other projects. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. That's awesome, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back, and we are talking all about Mandalorian Season 2. Thank you. everybody, Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and Nicki Minaj is getting off to a, a bit of an expensive start to her new year. She wanted to include a song on her 2018 album called Queen uh, that had a sample of Tracy Chapman's Baby Can I Hold You. Tracy Chapman uh, denied permission, so the album was released without that song, but it later got leaked and played on the air Uh, in New York by DJ Funkmaster Flex and Tracy Chapman sued. Nicki Minaj said, well, maybe Nas leaked it because he was on the record too. She threw threw Nas under the bus. She told the judge that a ruling against her uh, was an infringement on her right as an artist to experiment in the studio. And the, and the judge said, I get that, but we got to have a trial to see who leaked it. So Nicki Minaj is throwing in the towel, and she's going to settle out of court with Tracy Chapman for $450,000. Artists have a hard enough time uh, now because streaming doesn't pay. They have a hard enough time getting paid. They don't need to rip each other off. And speaking in a roundabout way of Queen, uh, Queen's Brian May is well known for being deeply, deeply involved with wildlife conservation 
and his organization called Save Me uh, has come up with a unique um, fundraising opportunity. They've paired up with a perfume company called Zerzhov to release a limited edition perfume, also called Save Me. And a spokesman, um, I don't think this was Brian May, but a spokesman said, the scent has deliberately earthy overtones, a hint of clean badger fur, some sandalwood, and something a bit limey. It's surprisingly refreshing and hopefully will fly off the shelves. Now, as, as, as much as I know everybody would love to smell like a clean badger, I think the uh, €400, Euro, $500 price tag um, would be the only thing that would keep this from flying off the shelves. It also smells like mimosa, lang lang, and, and gardenia, but details, details. And uh, before I go, I would like to um, invite, ask uh, everybody listening to take part in a little Twitter campaign that I am part of. If you are on Twitter, uh, if you could look up the account at Hall Watchers, my good friends Eric and Mary, uh, they will be tweeting some uh, tweets about women that we would like to see nominated and inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is only 7% female artists. We are trying to get some hashtags going and trending to get the Rock Hall to see uh, these amazing women and to realize that uh, we need to put some more women in the hall. Uh, so if you uh, can retweet some tweets from Hall Watchers tomorrow, do a quote retweet and do the hashtags, we'll see if we can get them to trend. And thank you so much in advance. Uh, this has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we will catch you next time. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us this winter as we watch changes in the DC Universe unfold. We'll keep you informed on DC News. We'll review the future state event, and of course, we'll be talking the Arrowverse shows when they return this January. Thanks for letting us be a part of your DC Comics journey, and thanks for listening to the Earth Station DCU podcast. Part of the ESO Network. safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. You know this is no place for a child.
everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station One. You ready to talk a little Mandalorian? Always, always. Uh, we are going back to the Outer Rim um, and, uh, you know, getting right to it. We've got a great crew to talk all about Season 2 of The Mandalorian with spoilers, by the way. So if by chance you have not yet watched all the episodes, every single episode of The Mandalorian uh, from Season 2 and Season 1, uh, you might want to, you know, stop this, go ahead and watch them. Hey, watch them again and then... And then revisit the the podcast because, yeah, we are going to talk all about spoilers. Um, And we're going to do it, like I said, with some cool people. Um, Ashley and Alex are here. Welcome back to the station. You're usually our movie crew, but I know what big Star Wars fans (laughs) you are, so... This is the the Star Trek uh, topic, right? (laughs) Star what now? (laughs) No, no, that's a a different podcast now. That's a different part of the station. So uh <laughs> it's it's the new it's the new wing that is opening in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. And 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 Alex, you're off the hook because you don't have to do a box office report for us. Today. There am so no box office report. <laughs> right, exactly. Um and you know, Disney Plus is even uh, you know, they're all the streaming services are pretty hush hush about all their ratings and exactly how many downloads and viewers they have. So we can't even really cover that. Depending on who you're talking to, apparently the office is now out streaming the Mandalorian. <laughs> but wow. I don't I don't yeah. buy it. I don't buy that either. Uh we also have back with us uh joining us on the station Michael Faulkner. Michael, welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Always room for another mic uh, <laughs> on this on the station. So, um um now I'm going to get right to it because we've got a lot to cover. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do an episode by episode uh debrief and review. Oh. Because it's just it's just not possible in the amount of time we have. But I want to get to uh Michael since you're uh with us um what was your experience going into this series from season 1 to season 2? What expectations did you have and and were they met? Well, you know, I, I... I didn't really have any expectations going into season two, just because I season one was so phenomenal for me. It was it was such a great ride that going into season two, I was just like, uh, okay, bring it, bring it. Let me see something. Uh, my biggest expectation, my biggest caveat, I still want to see a series, uh, a Star Wars series that doesn't have anything to do with with uh, lightsabers or the Skywalkers, because we had nine movies, <laughs> and you know, plus the the two spinoff movies, and they all had lightsabers involved, and nine of them had had Skywalkers, and so I was really hoping that that wouldn't be the case here. And sure enough, there were. So okay, great. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, you know, I just I was just ready for the ride because Filoni and Favreau had been amazing with with this and you know it's just like okay let's see what you can bring to the table there is a uh and i i I think reposted it as well but there's a meme going on uh that you know jokingly says this is an actual photo of uh favreau and filoni working on the mandalorian and it's two kids it's from the 80s you know it's a clip Mm of the 80s uh a picture for the 80s of two two kids playing with their empire strikes back toys and um and with great great fervor i mean they're they're so enthusiastic so excited and i was watching uh it's it's a funny meme but i was watching a um the part of the uh the star wars gallery uh that they do on disney plus mm-hmm. and there are several shots that uh of the two of them just giggling like schoolboys like they are in geek heaven you know for them and uh it's you've seen the uh robert rodriguez uh test footage oh right 
yes. where he's literally using Star Wars figures. <laughs> where he's using, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, because he planned it all with his kids yeah. in his backyard, mm-hmm. you know. And um, So, yeah, this, this is coming from a, a bunch of folks that really were growing up playing with their toys, and now they get to do it, quote, unquote, for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it shows in every episode. Um, Ashley, what about you? What, uh, what expectations did you have going in? obviously as a big time star wars fan i enjoyed the first season of the mandalorian what is kind of interesting is that i really liked it but i didn't necessarily love it like it wasn't necessarily at the top of my favorite star wars stories the movies have always kind of been my thing i like a lot of force jedi stuff and so this looked like something a little bit different so i was basically just going into the second season looking to have some fun and some cool new Star Wars stuff. And the second season actually really blew me away. And I loved it even more than the first season. I thought it was even more epic and cinematic than the previous season. And depending on your perspective, I've heard different takes on this. I liked how the second season connected in more to the larger Star Wars universe and wove into that story. I know there are some fans who kind of liked that the first season was separate and kind of told its own story away from the larger Star Wars saga. So that could either be a plus or a minus, depending on your perspective. But for me, I enjoyed seeing how it wove into the Star Wars story and bringing some cameos from animation and other parts of Star Wars was super exciting. So I really loved it. And I'm even more excited about The Mandalorian going into season season three. I would say I'm an even bigger fan of it now. Awesome. Awesome. Alex, what about you? Um, I I get to I get to sound off as, and make it sound like I've just ripped off of uh, both Michael and Ashley. Um, I <laughs> I truly enjoy, I loved season one. I was I was there from the beginning and was just like, oh, this is amazing. This is so cool. Uh, can't wait to see what they do more of. Uh, the idea that they they focused on the honor amongst the Mandalorian, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, and then season two came along and it was Rebels season five. Um, and I'm just like, hmm, okay. Um, it, it started, I, I really love the opening, uh, the, the first episode, Marshall. Because uh, I thought that was such a cool way. Uh, we're still on the outer fringe uh, and everything. And, and, then, and then there was Bo-Katan. And, and then there was uh, Osaka Tano in her pilot episode for her new series. Um, and, and then we got to the end and we discovered that it's a Palpatine world after all, um, because everything is linked to the Palpatines. Uh, and, and yeah, we got Luke, which is awesome. And it was cool to see. Um, and I didn't like the ending and I'm really upset about that. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation. I think, Ah, actually valid valid i have i have concerns about that as well um and we'll get deeper into that for sure um but uh first mike overall what uh what were you thinking going in going in i really enjoyed the first season i thought it was really well done i thought okay from favreau i wasn't expecting this you know i you know to me, Favreau is always going to be the guy who was in Swingers, you know, you know, and so for, it was always, you know, you know, your money and you don't even know it. And, you know, so to me, that's Favreau to see Favreau bring the Star Wars universe to light from 
a completely different standpoint from the movies was amazing. And I really enjoyed the first season. But season two, I was very skeptical. Can they hold on to the momentum? You know, the whole big thing was, oh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, you know, for the first season. And then season two came and right away, wait a minute, that's Boba Fett's armor. What? What? You know, and I was just like geeking out. They had the sandworms and they had – it was – and then to see Boba Fett without his armor at the very end of the first episode, this is going to be a great season. This season didn't disappoint me at all. It was a ton of fun and I enjoyed the ride and I am not going to say that I teared up at the very end of the the season finale. I am not going to say that at all. I'll say it. I teared I up. I definitely – I definitely didn't either. So. <laughs> no misty lies. eyes in my you basement. I have no qualms uh, about saying it. Mike Faber cried at the end of the season. <laughs> the truth can be told. Yes. I love you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, I don't think it's a secret, especially after if anybody listened to uh, last week's episode where we covered you know the best and worst of 2020 geek wise. Uh, you know that uh, Ashley, myself, actually almost everybody that was uh, that joined us, the Mandalorian was a high point of the year. Um, uh, oh yeah, you know, definitely for all for the for the way that 2020 went. <clears throat> um, you know, to have that at the end was kind of a nice nice dessert to have after a not so great meal, right? Um, um, so I really appreciated what they did. I'm a big fan of Dave Filoni and what he's brought to the Star Wars universe. In particular, the way he's kept George Lucas's vision and and ideals alive without without being having to be George Lucas about it, really. <laughs> like um and and you know, we can talk a little bit about that, but but um yeah, so I um the first season I was I think my big criticism on the first season was I thought, especially in the first few episodes, they just threw in all these Star Wars references just because they could. And they didn't really seem necessary. And I thought it was just, you know, it was a bad, a bad fan servicing, if you will. Um, it was just trying to get, you know, um, a lot of fans to be on board with uh, like, hey, this is Star Wars, a reminder of this is Star Wars, this is Star Wars, this is Star Wars, uh, without actually having a purpose. But I felt like this season, every time they referenced something or brought something to live action or, you know, had a reintroduced a character from the Star Wars universe, I thought it was story driven. You know, everything felt a lot more story driven this season with with a connection thread through all the episodes that was very well defined. I mean, certainly they went off a little bit, but I think more it was more focused than in season one. Um, so I, I did appreciate that. Um, although like Alex, I do have some storytelling concerns about the way that it ended. And I think the way that it ended actually, you know, is confusing to a lot of people. We have a lot of questions going into season three. So I really, uh, am eager to talk about that. But prior to that, let's, um, let's talk about some of the things that we really, really liked. Uh, obviously, like I said, we don't have uh, time to go at episode by episode, but Ashley, let's start with you. What is something about this season or that happened this season or a scene or a character that, that you really, uh, that really was positive for you? Well, I would say 
probably my all-time favorite episode of The Mandalorian was the season two opener called The Marshall. I love how much it felt like an overt Star Wars Western in space. They just totally went through it for it with like the dusty kind of deserted town, everyone having to band together to fight this giant creature and kind of overcome this obstacle. And Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth was just beyond cool. I I don't care where he shows up again, but I need to see Cobb Vanth again in live action. And that episode was kind of special to me because a, a few years ago, I thought that Westerns was a genre that I hated. And then I started exploring them a little bit more for a blog series and realized, actually, you know what? I really like Westerns. So it was cool that just having recently developed more of an appreciation from the for the genre, then Star Wars came out with this episode that was very much a Western. And so I really enjoyed seeing that. And of course, Star Wars has always had Western influences throughout its history, but it was nice to see them just go all in. I thought it was a great, it was a beautifully shot episode, great acting, great music, and it was just a really strong start to the season. Very strong and very strong. And yes, I... Um, you know, I love the tease that, you know, we, we get in that episode where it's like, oh, Boba Fett's back. You know, like right. he enters the saloon. You're like, someone's wearing the armor. And it's like, well, he looks a little thin. But um, uh, and then I thought, well, they can't re- really be putting Boba Fett back here. When he takes off the helmet, I was kind of thinking, OK, this is going to this is going to irritate, maybe even piss off a lot of fans because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's Boba Fett's back. Oh, no, he's not. But then, you know, when he when he reveals himself it's timothy oliphant and i'm like okay that can't piss off anybody <laughs> like, right, like i wasn't disappointed it's like i'm okay with this <laughs> like if there's Proceed. one person that like yeah that you can be like okay you you can wear it uh that's cool um you it, know, it's it was funny it was funny though because i never watched justified but mm-hmm. i was like that's the guy from the good place awesome <laughs> <laughs> and i knew we'd be able to shoot because i loved him in hitman <laughs> right and and definitely it was a callback to you know his work on deadwood yeah. i think they had another actor play the bartender in that episode from deadwood as well so i mean there's a huge connection there but yeah we start off returning to tatooine for the umpteenth time but uh like but you know um i think it works and you know tatooine i think is going to be at least in a couple featured in a couple of uh the spinoff shows so we do have an opportunity maybe to see him again uh, so, um, yeah. What are you cool. talking about, Mike? I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, there was this, I can, I can understand you're not knowing because there was such a huge info dump of Star Wars materials and projects that Disney, uh, unveiled a couple months ago that it was so overwhelming. I can definitely understand you missing a couple. Uh, well, uh, but it was interesting because, you know, with the book of fact, it was literally they didn't announce that at the thing. They left that up like that card up their sleeve, which was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That they yeah. did that. They've done a tremendous job in this day and age where you can't, it's hard to keep secrets, but man, they kept uh, a few things uh, secret that, you know, I think that was, were mind blowing. Um, and that was one of them. Now that I have seen where that's added confusion where some people believe that the third season of the Mandalorian is going to be the book of Boba Fett. Um, I didn't get that impression, but I think Disney has actually clarified and said, no, no, this is a different series. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so that's cool. Um, Michael, what about you? What's something of this season that uh, you that worked for you? Oh, two two big things that come to mind. Uh, the first is Chapter 13, The Jedi, because I'm a huge Ahsoka Tano fan. I absolutely love that character. And to see her, you know, kicking butt and taking names in live action was amazing. Her the way she she was able to use the force to to learn more help us learn more about grogu you know actually his name and watching him respond to to his name being said was just it just was heartwarming um so that that episode was just everything for me uh the other thing was was making me actually care about boba fett i i have never never really enjoyed boba fett at all you know like he's shown up in a couple movies he he did some cool stuff in empire and then he got kicked into the sarlacc pit in return of the jedi i was like Okay, he's he's just it's overblown, you know. Whatever, everyone seems to love him. I don't care. Now, as soon as we, he came back into into this, and they they gave you more information about the Fets, and they they start explaining, you know, how Django and Boba and their lineage and and what it all means inside Mandalorian society. To me, that was just like you know catnip. I was like, oh, this is awesome now. Like, I care about Boba Fett. Plus, he's he's really cool. He you know he can actually fight, not just you know get knocked <laughs> in the pit by a blind guy. Sure. <laughs> what Boba Fett's here? Where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't put so. him, don't put him up against another blind guy because then that's his weakness. Right. <laughs> Give Lucas credit; he can make really cool characters and then kill them in the dumbest ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and I and I knew George was on set for a lot of season one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only imagine that he had to roll his eyes because I, I don't think he ever wanted Boba Fett to return. He was pretty stubborn about that. But uh, Filoni and and Favreau said no, no. This is happening. So, um, and I think once you had a show called The Mandalorian featuring somebody in that armor, it, everybody was, I mean, that was the elephant in the room, right? You had to address it at some point. Yeah. That uh, you, you don't take the most popular quote unquote Mandalorian uh, character of all Star Wars and not use him in some way. Um, and I say quotes because he's not really Mandalorian, but <laughs> as is like so many Mandalorians in this, in this show. No. Um, so, uh, Alex, what about you? So what's something that you, uh, that you found positive in this? Season? I'm actually going to stay on, uh, the episode of the Jedi, uh, which was, uh, episode 13. And what are the great things? First of all, uh, I may not be able to tell you about streaming numbers or anything like that. But I can tell you IMDb has that at 9.5 stars with 23,000 votes. Um, it is the number one rated episode of the season. And uh, one of the things I really, really liked about it was the shot for shot homages to Akira Kurosawa. Yep. Uh, a lot of the, in fact, all of the samurai battle uh, between uh, uh, Tano and uh, the, uh, uh, her opponent, whose name completely escapes me, um, were lifted straight from Kurosawa, which is fine because Lucas lifted straight from Akira Kurosawa. Um, so I th- really thought that that was awesome. And you have to like any group because you know they're going to lose if Johnny Ringo is your head gunman. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Michael Bean in that role so much, but he walked onto the scene and I went, well, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> I had myself a, a nice little Val Kilmer flashback to Tombstone. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think he, he tapped into that more than the, the role that most people know him for, which is Terminator, right? Yeah. But, but his work on Tombstone, I even heard that uh, 
the, like he uh, he brought a lot of that gunplay um, that he used as that character to the role in the Mandalorian. The, so the scene where he's like facing off against the Mandalorian, yep. you even see him move his hand exactly <laughs> the same way uh, yep. as as Johnny Ringo did in Tombstone, which I think is great because Tombstone is a Disney property. So now. <laughs> Hollywood, was Hollywood Pictures. It's always been a. It's always been under the uh, oh, Disney yeah, umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I think that one was a great. You know, that's a great episode. The Filoni, it's got Filoni all over it because I think he wrote and directed it. Um, yeah. uh, Ahsoka Tano is his child, for for lack of. I mean, it really is his his baby, and and so anything uh, with her involved, he's he's definitely right well, there. Anything with Rosario Dawson, I'm there. So you know. I don't blame you for Thank that you. whatsoever. And uh and she was nope. a great pick. Nope. She was a, a fan pick mm-hmm. uh for for the role, but it I mean it's one of those fan service or whatever, it makes perfect sense yeah. and it worked out. So uh I loved it. Uh Mike, what about you? Um it's interesting because I'm gonna have to go for me I'm gonna probably have to go with the episode where they went to the planet and basically Baby Yoda, Gogu, um, was meditating the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a great because that really brought the you know Boba Fett the exactly, but Boba Fett and the whole thing, you know, and you got introduced to you know what his character really was about because you thought you know he just wanted his armor back, and it was it was really interesting to see because you know the whole time you know. It was great because Gogu was meditating, you know, signaling the Jedi, and you were wondering, is it going to be a good Jedi or a bad Jedi that, you know, sees it or, you know, who was going to, you know, see it at the time? And, you know, there was so much speculation. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But it was it was just a good episode, and this is where you saw how much of a badass Boba Fett really is. And it was, it was just awesome. For the first time and ever. Yeah, and it it re- it also really it made me feel better about myself because Boba Fett pretty much has the same body that I have now. So it's you know <laughs> it's good to see so, that the bounty you know, hunters caught up to awesome. us. Yeah, exactly. Finally, <laughs> you know, it, it took a little time, but they finally got there. So it's it's awesome. Apparently, three years so ago in my great. in my bando armor, I was a prototype. That's nice. So <laughs> the it, it truly but yeah, but it was awesome. Good. That tr- that episode truly is the best of times and the worst of times. Because on the one hand, you have the minute you see Slave One zipping through the sky, you're like, I mean, I got I got chills just thinking about it. Like, oh God, uh, yeah, yeah, Michael. I know I know that some people it doesn't work. I they, I understand they don't get the Boba Fett thing, but for those of us who and I don't know, maybe you're one of those two, but for those of us who had to put up with the holiday special when it aired. <laughs> <laughs> and and yes. and sent away with the box tops or whatever f- to pre-order the Boba Fett figure. Like this is what we. This is a moment we've been waiting for for like decades. <laughs> the payoff of all of that. I, I get you there because one of my favorite things about Attack of the Clones was Jango Fett and seeing him operate the Slave One and the seismic charges and you know yeah. being a complete badass in 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 that epi- or in that uh, movie. So you know I, I wanted to see something about Boba Fett. I wanted to know why people loved him so much, and and this this seems to have gotten me there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all on the same page here. 
but also with an episode, it was awesome seeing Fennec sh- shamed back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ming-Na Wen can not do any wrong. And <laughs> I and it was like when they introduced her last season, it was just like one and done. That's it. And everything. Mm-hmm. And they were just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah. And she was she was pretty damn kick ass too, which was which was awesome. And you know, and it also talked about the bounty hunter's sense of honor a lot in this. You know, so it was pretty cool. And it throws back because you suddenly realize that the person who walked up to uh, Fennec uh, at the end of the Gunslinger episode in season mm-hmm. one, you find out Boba. that was Fett. And it's like, okay, yeah. so Boba Fett's just been kind of like wandering this planet, like just like picking and choosing when he wants to be there. As soon as the sound mm-hmm. effects came up, when when it, the mysterious person walked yeah. up to Fennec's body and his, the spur sound, I was like, I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. That's Boba. <laughs> yeah. Boba's well, exactly. Back. And then, but then you also had the destruction of, you know, Mando's ship. Mm-hmm. The Razor Crest, yeah. which was pretty... True, like yeah. I said, the best of times when you see Slave One in the sky, and the worst of times when the Razor Crest is obliterated. Yeah, there's no, there's no putting that one back together. No, 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 no. There's no, and you know, in this we've actually seen the the ship, you know, literally patched together <laughs> you know? many times. Uh, even this yeah. season, it gets ripped apart. And put back. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Razor Crest two for season three. I don't know. Like, it's sell I a mean, lot of Legos. Yeah, I mean that's that's the real tragedy in the episode, right? That Razor Crest is is gone. I think because um, mm-hmm. because uh, the child gets kidnapped. But, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I forgot that know. happened. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. He he sleeps through most of the episode, and then he gets kidnapped. The yeah. Episode. The. Um, this is the episode that Robert Rodriguez directed, and it Correct. feels like a Robert Rodriguez <laughs> uh, uh, event, mm-hmm. uh, really, because it's action from the beginning. Uh, and the amount of it was his decision to show just how, you know, badass Fett could be uh, in this mm-hmm. episode. And I there there's moments where, like, you know, Fett's. In in the cosplay uh, uh, moments, there are moments when you're putting on the armor and you're just kind of yourself, and then the helmet comes on. And suddenly, you're standing up straighter, and you have a presence about you. At the end, where he's got the outfit on and just completely obliterates the one stormtrooper, you just kind of like, yep, that's what the outfit does. The uh, 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 it's a great moment, and I know that uh, my understand anyway that Rodriguez uh, it was only like a three page like action sequence written, mm-hmm. and Rodriguez is like no no we got to spend some time making him look like a badass uh, because people like me have been waiting all this time for this moment, and we really have to give it it you know we have to give it that's all, and and so they allowed him to go. I think it's a twenty minute sequence. I think the in whole a, fight in a thirty eight minute episode. Yeah, (laughs) i mean it's crazy uh but yeah it's uh it's great and he was he was a great director a great choice um because a lot of this seems like stunt casting you know stunt 
people behind the scenes, et cetera, et cetera. But I think everything worked in service of the story this season. I really do. Um, uh, for me, um, one of the things I liked about this season was we get more into Mandalorian lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find it get, it's a lot more complex than it was season one. In season one, it's cool because we find out, you know, he's he's with uh, the armorer and the, we, we learn about the way and we learn about the honor. And that's really cool. So we we get that. But some of it kind of contradicted a little bit that uh, some stuff that we've seen in Rebels and in Clone Wars with Mandalorian. So that's what this season seems to go bring up and say, OK, uh, the way is not the only way. Right. And so there's a lot of different uh, ways that uh, Mandalorians can uh, choose to fight and to 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 exist. And so we get an introduction uh, for some of us, a reintroduction of other Mandalorians uh, and including, um, you know, a a like I said, one of the most popular Mandalorian armor wearers of all time, which is Boba Fett. So we've got and we've got we learn a little bit more about um, uh, his father, Jango, that he was a foundling. Um, and we learn a little bit more what that means that, you know, Mandalore, you don't have to be from Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. It's almost like being a Jedi, right? You don't have to be one specific race, uh, to, to, to be that kind of warrior. You just have to adopt the creed. You know, you, once you adopt the armor, adopt the fighting style. And again, there's different sets. I wouldn't say that there's a light side and dark side. It's not exactly that simple when it comes to Mandalorians, but we find out that, you know, there's this uh, complex, a little bit of conflict between Mandalorians. I like, like, for example, I like when we see, um, uh, when we get to see Bo-Katan and she sees the Mandalorian and they, they sort of laugh at him because they're like, oh, you're, you're belonging to these old classic, you know, thoughts and beliefs about Mandalore. You don't have to like, you know, you can take your helmet off. You could breathe, dude. Um, that kind of thing. And they sort of laugh at him um, for, for adhering to that. Uh, but then later on, it's put right back on her because, you know, uh, once Mando gets the Darksaber and returns it to its rightful person, Bo-Katan, she all of a sudden becomes a strict like, you know, oh, I can't take it because I have to earn it um, kind of thing. So, so who's laughing at who by the end of this, right? And so we've got um, the way that this story ends is we've got Mando as the leader, basically, of Mandalore um, by right. And uh, and so we're going to find out more about and he's And he's promised once they helped him with the child, rescue the child, he has promised to help her, help Bo-Katan uh, take back Mandalore. So mm-hmm. I get a feeling that, you know, for a show called The Mandalorian, we're going to get even deeper into what it means to be a Mandalorian next season. Um, and not to not to go f- too far into predictions from that season. But I, I'm, I'm excited by that because because it's it's not, you know, for all the stuff about Baby Yoda and for all the stuff that's uh, that's in there, that's, that's thrown in from Rebels and all that kind of stuff, as as Alex pointed out, for all the stuff that's like backdoor pilots for many of the shows that are going to be on the network um, at heart, it's a show about the Mandalorian, what it means to be a Mandalorian. And I I'm, I'm glad to see that's going to continue. And if they haven't doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. 
I love the line in the I think it was the last episode or the second to last episode when they were like, oh, I can't go in there. My face is well known. It was just like <laughs> – it's like I think I'm in the – Boba Fett was like, I think I'm in the system. You know? Yeah, I think – yeah. Like, uh, like I think they know my face because uh, yeah. I was uh, the Empire for – ever for decades exactly. <laughs> i was the fa- i was literally the face of the of the uh well, not the empire but the the new republic right uh or the old republic um all right so before we uh, talk about um some more points i know that there's one thing that we sort of have danced around and it's the big big moment of course at the end where luke shows up um and and it's seemingly the end of uh the groku story so um, I'm kind of curious as to how you guys feel about that, positive or negative. Certainly, I was conflicted. I mean, there's a lot. Like, it was hard not to geek out seeing Luke back in action like that. I mean, really hard. Um, because I, I was just like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Uh, and then you suddenly realize when he goes, you know, when, when Groku goes with Luke at the end, you're like, oh, this is happening. Like, he's gone now. Like, I don't know if he's coming back or what the plan is, but um, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions during that. And uh, it's interesting. Michael, what did you think about the the sort of introduction of Luke and the end of the season? As Alex mentioned before, George Lucas has a predilection for, for making really awesome characters and then killing them off in the dumbest ways. And I was really hoping that the the Jedi, out of the short list of people that still exist who who are Force users in this era, I was really hoping it would be like the return of Mace Windu because, I mean, he got tossed mm. out of window by a senior citizen. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me how many like like as the as the which Jedi is is going to be called at the end of the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, like how like Mace was really high up on the on the on the gambit board. Like I was <laughs> like I was kind of surprised. Like it was Ezra. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka was kind of there, but she, mm-hmm. you know, she had kind of written herself off. Luke was there. And, and I think, uh, I think he was up there right like in third place. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I w- yeah, he was on my, he was on my yeah, list. I was hoping, you know, um, as far as the story goes, it makes sense because it, it you know, Luke's out there right now trying to rebuild the Jedi order and fulfilling the destiny that he's been, been handed, you know, um, and so when when it it sh- when he shows up and it's like oh they said the single X wing you know and and everyone's like oh great and then all of a sudden you see <laughs> you see the fear you know kind of kind of set in on on Moff Gideon's face like oh crap and and it's you know the the, the green lightsaber <laughs> appears and he's, you know all these dark troopers are getting sliced to pieces you know it's like okay it's Luke you know it's it's got to be Luke um, you know and it was it was cool to see. You know this this happening. I still have hope that you know he's that that Grogu's going to go off and and join Luke at the academy, whatever academy is being set up, and come back and and help out you know Din Djarin on his quest to to do whatever he's going to do in season three. Um, you know, and it was, it was like a nice moment. But as you think about, it, you're like, why did it have to be another Skywalker? Why? <laughs> It's it's the right. Skywalker. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, it's a Skywalker. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, and I, and, you know, I, I, the thing I was trying to really work my way around was like, I didn't have a problem with the the face reconstruction effects in in Rogue One. I thought that you know Tarkin was fine and Leia was okay. Uh, this one, uh, it, there seemed to be like a really real big lack of emotion in the face, and so it was kind of like tearing me in both directions, like. Oh, it's Luke Skywalker, you know, Return of the Jedi era, Luke Skywalker being cool, 
but all the CG just doesn't work for me. <laughs> You've seen Mark Hamill act in Star Wars before. He's not the most emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that far off, guys. Come on. <laughs> he still had the 80s right. hairstyle. Um yeah, I've. Uh, it's weird. I've heard some people say that they loved the CG look uh, for Luke, and others that uh, were like, "Why didn't they just get a stand-in actor or somebody?" Like, uh, I know that Sebastian Stan was 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 thought of as being like a casting choice, um, but um, yeah, they just decided to go with the computer mm-hmm. imagery. Um, but I didn't. You know, I think either way, if it had been a different actor, I think I would have done the same thing. I've been. Wait, that's is it, Lou? I, you know, you still would have had to process something and take away from that moment yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Ashley, what about you? I was really excited to see Luke in this final episode. I had speculated that maybe this was going to be the Jedi that would show up, but I wasn't sure they would actually go with Luke or not. And I'm always a big fan of the Skywalkers and their family drama. So I'm always here for a surprise Skywalker appearance, but kind of the CGI I thought worked well for me. Uh, It seemed even a little more realistic than some of the past instances they'd used it, but I I really liked the scene where uh, Grogu in The Mandalorian then get to say goodbye. And I liked that it was Grogu's choice to go because I think part of the big problem with the prequel era Jedi Order is that they would just kind of take children from their families as babies and they don't really get to have a choice versus Grogu decided to go. But I'm hopeful that Grogu will make his way back to The Mandalorian eventually because they really leaned into that family clan of two theme so i really want them to end up back together especially since we know how things don't exactly go down very well at uh luke's jedi academy and i i dearly love kylo ren but if he kills grogu like that might be it for me so (laughs) i need i need grogu to escape from before that (laughs) yeah i I think it's safe to say that grogu would survive that um i mean look boba fett's back you know, there's anything's possible. Palpatine came back. Like, like Star Wars characters can come back. No one's uh, ever really gone. To Mike's point, um, you know, uh, Mace Windu could come back. Like, we just see him fly through the window. We don't see him land, right? right? So, uh, it's but it's possible. Um, Alex, your thoughts. So, I'll be the one to say it. Grogu gets killed by Kylo. <laughs> Because Filoni and Favreau want you to understand that J.J. Abrams killed off your favorite character. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, totally I don't mind. <laughs> totally happened. That's just what's going to happen, folks. I'm sorry. Um, so I watched uh, – I would, I would get up at 6 a.m. Uh, and get ready for work and watch the episodes on my phone. So, yes, I was watching The Mandalorian on a glorious seven-inch screen. When Luke showed up, I was like, oh, crap, that's Luke Skywalker. And then he took off his hood. And I went, hey, that's somebody acting like Luke Skywalker. Could not tell that it was CGI. So if you have a smaller screen, it works better. <laughs> I see. Um <clears throat> When I, when I heard later on that it was him and I got to see some other photos, 
I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they, they CGI'd it. And, you know, all in all, they did a good job. But here's the problem. Mandalorian has been, from the very beginning, an outer rim Star Wars show. It has been a show that has been taken within the Star Wars universe and gives us a little bit of a connection here and there. But for the most part, has been, you know that scum and villainy you've been hearing about? Here's a whole series about them. And then. And then. And then they, they, they gave Grogu over to Luke, who is the best Jedi Master possible, um, and clearly gets his first group together. And I don't understand how Grogu could be 50 and not be too old to be trained. Anyway. Um, I, I think just, Ahsoka says he's too old. Yeah, yeah. But that's apparently just like a catchphrase for the Jedi. <laughs> when they don't want to do something. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Oh, he's too old to begin the training. <laughs> just came out of the womb. Too old. Um. But yeah, I I, just, I love Luke Skywalker. I think he's a phenomenal character. I think he's probably one of the greatest everyman heroes uh, that we've ever had and got to see him develop uh, into something great and even get to see him fall a little um, before finally accepting his place in the universe. And I really didn't want him to be a part of this show. And and seeing him there, I was just like, oh, man, it's okay. So Palpatine for season three, um, you know, it's it'll happen. It's just going to happen now. And I'm just like, that's not what I wanted. Um, and I was not even a big fan of Rebels to begin with. Like, I didn't watch any of the, like a lot of the episodes, but I knew that the Darksaber could be handed off. And when they went through that whole thing of, oh, no, she has to earn it, which means at some point next season, we'll have the we'll have the fight between the two of them. Of course you will. Over the rights to the, to the sword. I don't see why they can't just arm wrestle for it. And, and you know, and, and rock, paper, scissors would be awesome. Exactly. Like it, there's nothing that says you have to kill the previous owner. Like, no, you, know, you so. just have to defeat them in combat. Exactly. So unless Sabine Wren hands you the dark saber. <laughs> Let's keep it in the family, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, it did seem kind of odd. Um, and and yeah, I I understand your points about not so much. I mean, I knew in the first episode once they of the of the Mandalorian, you know, we see a, a creature that looks like Yoda, yeah. and we find out it's a Force user. You know, the Jedi are going to come into it at some part, right? It's and it, I'm I'm fine with happen. that. But how cool would it have been if that X-wing had landed, and the pilot jumps out, but he's wearing a biker scout helmet, and his <laughs> lightsaber happens to have a laser blaster on it? Hmm. Oh, it, it would have been great if it was Ezra. I, I would have loved that. I would have been like, okay, it definitely attaches to Rebels more than it does to, to, to yeah. New I Hope can see all, all the that. fans who haven't watched Rebels going, who the f is that? Like, 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 why are we like this? It's a big moment in the series. Who is that? Like, we don't understand yeah. the reference, and I don't know well, who you'd get to play him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're going to find out, and I, 
I was worried when I was hearing the rumors that Ahsoka was going to be in it and that, you know, they were casting. I heard even that they were casting Thrawn and Ezra and stuff like that. I thought, I don't want the Mandalorian to become Rebels season five. Right. Um, And I don't I don't think it does that. But I do think that, you know, that was a concern. Well, you're going to get Thrawn probably in the. You know, Ahsoka series, the other, which are, yeah. yeah, which makes sense. I would love to see that. You know, exactly. You know, I'm with Alex. So I would have loved to seen another Jedi other than Luke. I was thrilled. I loved the episode. Don't get me wrong. I geeked out. You know, when I saw the X-wing, we talked about that last week. On it was one of my favorite geek out moments of 2020, and it was just awesome to see. But I was like. I was hoping, I was truthfully hoping, did they secretly bring in Sam Jackson without telling anybody? <laughs> and it it would have been awesome if they would have done that. And, you know, because it, it's feasible, like everyone says. You never saw him land. And so, but to, to see, you know, Luke be more of a Jedi than in the first, you know, in the original trilogy – you know, fighting wise and everything. His, his combat style was very prequel. Yes, mm-hmm. very yeah. much so. Well, I mean, very it was much like so. they took the they took the clip of uh, Darth Vader like annihilating all the rebels from Rogue One and just reversed exactly, it. Yeah. exactly. He Luke used two hands while Vader used one. You know, <laughs> so, so but yeah, but it literally it that was not Luke's fighting style at all. From the first, from the original trilogy, but and this and that's what I think threw some people off. I've had people write me and say, "When does this story take place?" You know, because they thought it took place after Episode Nine. You know, so it was like, no, it takes place right like five years after Return of the Jedi. So, you know, and it it makes sense to have Luke there, kind of, sort of. But it was enjoyable, and I I. I enjoyed seeing how this ended and I'm going to enjoy seeing where season three, uh, season three goes. But at the same time, I, I'm going to go out there. I don't want to see Gogu come back for season three. Let's have a season without him. Let's see like season four or something, or at the end of season three, maybe he shows up, but I don't want to see him right away i want to see the you know them retake mandalore and i don't want him involved with it there's a lot to take to happen here yeah that's uh and yeah i do want to talk about our thoughts about season three in a minute but um uh i i agree the thing with me is i think luke is a logical choice it makes sense uh as michael pointed out he we know that he's forming a new a new order if you will (laughs) No, sorry. Um, uh, sorry, that's taken, right? So he has to form something else. Um, but uh, we know that he's he's the round and he is the, you know, he's the man. He's the Jedi of that time period. So it makes sense for it to be him. Um, anybody else that they thrown in there, whether it was Ezra or Mace Window, would have been more, que- there would have been more questions than anything else. Like, what does this mean? Like, is Mace going to have his own show with, you know, is it going to be the, the, the Mace Window and Groku show? Like, 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 like what does that look like? Um, uh, and there's a lot of people that believe that we're going to continue to see Luke and Groku throughout the next season. And 
you know, we're going to cut back and forth to like, you know, Mando doing something and then Groku's training or whatever. I doubt that. I doubt that's going to happen. But um, I think for me, story wise, it's just one of those moments where you just have to kind of throw up your hands because it's like you put all your characters, your main characters, your main character, your title character in a situation that doesn't look like he can escape and your out is just to take the most powerful Jedi show up and out of the blue and save him like that. <laughs> that doesn't, um, obviously they, you know, they, they did make the call for him, uh, in the previous episode, but still it just seemed like it was so out of nowhere. You kind of want your characters to get through these events, uh, without, without divine assistance, you know? Um, but, um, but I can't, you know, if it's going to be something like that, then I can't argue with the fact that they use the the man, the Jedi, the Luke in himself, the the one that the saga, at least when I was introduced to, that's what the saga was based on, that character. Um, and uh, and to see him in action like we've never seen him before, I think was, was very cool. And um, it does lead to, yes, all these questions for season three. Um, Ashley, what's something that you want to see in season three, I mean, are you prepared for a show without Groku? Yeah, I kind of like the idea of him being off of the show for a little while, just to build some mystery. We wonder what's going on with him, what's happening. So I would be okay with them exploring into other stuff. Something I really want them to get into is maybe bridging a little bit more with the sequel trilogy stuff, like how the first order comes to be. I'm super curious about Moff Gideon and all the weird kind of force science he's meddling in. So I would like to see them delve into some of that. What did they want Grogu's blood for? I think there's a lot of intriguing mysteries they still have out there that I hope to see the next season. Awesome. Awesome. Michael, what about you? Yeah, I'll echo that as well. What what the uh what the Clone Wars did for the prequel trilogy and sort of and I'll use air quotes here, redeeming it. Um the, I kind of want to see this happen with with the sequel trilogy, where they they start leading into and kind of fleshing that out some more. You know, the the experiments look just like the the Snoke and Palpatine things from from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you know, maybe this is this is leading into the First Order. I also want to see the the uh, restoration of Mandalore. I kind of want to see like th- that whole thing happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe bring in Ahsoka and and Sabine uh, to try to 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 wage that war and bring back Mandalore from the Empire. Uh, I kind of don't honestly want to see Grogu until, you know, the end, like kind of like what rebels, they were flash forward a little bit, um, just have, you know, go Bo-Katan or, or Sabine sitting on the throne of Mandalore with, with Din Djarin by her side as like a loyal protector slash, you know, advisor. And then Grogu shows up like, Hey, I'm the first Jedi to show up to actually fight for Mandalore. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, that would be cool. Um, an older, yeah, I don't know though. Are we ready to see, like, <laughs> I could see the tagline, Grogu speaks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who and, do they get to voice that? And he speaks proper English too, of course. <laughs> who do they get to voice that, you know? Uh, Ian McDermott, because he's a Palpatine. Wow. <laughs> um, what about you? <laughs> I'm horrible. Um, let's go the first couple of episodes without Grogu. Uh, that's that's the first thing for me. Let's let's focus let, let's focus on Mandalore. Let's get like the first half of the season uh, on Mandalore. Give us some episode where 
you know, where, where, where Din is legit having to deal with the fact that, that his friend is gone. Like the only thing that we've ever seen him care about is gone. Um, there's going to be a moment where he's going to hold that ball in his hand and it's going to make all of us ugly cry. Um, I, I think we're going to see that happen. I, uh, for me, I want to see what Mandalore looks like because they mentioned that it's mm-hmm. been turned into glass, um, which tells me that the Empire has already hit it. Um, so it could be that they're they're trying to take a planet back that's got no life on it anymore, that's completely worthless, which I think would be really fascinating to kind of look into the mindset of you know the the one the this is the way aspect. And the other is the, no, we don't have to do that. We've, we've become so much more. And yet she's doing everything she can to be the leader of a planet that's worthless. Uh, I think that would be really fascinating. I think you can do a lot with that. And then let's bring it back around and let's bring around where, where there's possibly the start of the first order. Uh, give us Grogu in the, in the second half, because if they don't put Grogu on there, this show is canceled <laughs> in season three. I fear you might be right. <laughs> I fear you might be right. Uh, you don't kill the cash cow, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I could see a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of people I know that watch it just for Groku. Although I think you, they did about all they could do with him, really, as it is. As is. I mean, he's got to evolve. Uh, so um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Mike, what about you? Well, same as I said before, I think, you know, this is a lot of opportunity to world build and such. But remember, there was what 25 years between return of the Jedi and then, you know, the force awakens. Mm -hmm. So they've still got, they've still got 20 years of time to fill, you know, so we might not even be seeing the first order yet. You know, this, you're still going to have the remnants of the empire to deal with and everything. So it'll be very interesting to see where this all goes. You might see, start seeing, you know, they kind of hinted it with smoke and everything like that this season with the cloning and everything. So I'll be very curious to see what they do. I think I would love to see them mostly focus on Mandalore and, you know, then, you know, like I said, you know, have maybe some other characters from rebels or even it would be great to see other former clones show up or something you know, that, you know, survived, you know, I think it could be real easy. You know, we know the actor who plays them. So, you know, (laughs) so so, yeah, I think from multiple parts, you know, I think exactly. So I think that would be kind of cool to see too. And, you know, but I definitely think, you know, we've got a lot going for it and it's just gonna be fun. I'm going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to say no to Grogu for next season. Yeah, I do think that there's going to be limited Grogu uh, next season, which, you know, for better or for worse, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm excited to learn, as you guys pointed out, more about Mandalore and the fight to get Mandalore restored in some way. If not on Mandalore itself, maybe the Mandalorians find a new home, a new base, something like that, and a new purpose. Uh, because, you know, what? where do they go from here? What do they do? I do think, though, that... Um, you know, like we said, we sort of saw some introduction or reintroduction of characters. And with the announcement, all the shows are, that are going to be on the network, you've got Ahsoka, 
uh, obviously getting her own show. You've got uh, Boba Fett uh, featuring Fennec Shand. Uh, David, they're on the show. Uh, you've got the Rangers of the New Republic, possibly with Cara Dune, possibly with Mayfield. Well, you know, one or two of both of them. I do feel like they're building this this interconnected series, kind of like the Arrowverse or the Marvel MCU, where Thrawn is going to be the big bad, maybe in all of these shows. And and then there's going to be maybe a series called Thrawn where they all, you know, uh, team up to fight him or something like that. I do see something like that, some big plans maybe uh, as far as that goes. And that could be the the the, the huge bad guy in between you know, Palpatine and Palpatine. <laughs> so, but we'll see, you know, uh, I'm very eager. I love this series. And I think, uh, you know, obviously I think we all, you know, love, love it as well. So, um, I, you know, I'm eager to talk all about season three with you guys once it happens, but thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we will be right back with the ESO. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Kipo and the Wonder Beast. So 2020 did not have a lot of live-action TV. We had a little bit, but we didn't have a ton. But we did get a lot of animation. Kipo and the Wonder Beast is a Netflix show that had all three seasons air in 2020. The first season aired at the beginning of the year, the second season aired in the middle, and the third season aired at the end of the year. The first season follows Kipo on her journey to get back to her underground burrow after a giant monkey breaks through and she gets separated from her father and the rest of her people. This show is set 200 years after humans are pushed underground and advanced animals take over the world. We see Kipo's journey topside where she meets two other humans and a few of the mutes that are the talking animals and they go on a journey to help Kipo get back to her burrow. They face suit-wearing frogs who try to get a hold of her, and they learn that Charlemagne, an orangutan that can control primates with a pheromone, and he's turning these primates, or mostly humans, into slaves, and he uses them to get what he wants. We also learn that he's looking for Kipo. Kipo makes many friends throughout her journey back to her burrow and to her father. We also learn why she is pink and why everyone else around her in her burrow looks like a normal human. We also get to see some super cute talking cats, which I loved. This show is really fun, has some great music, and a really great story. I would highly suggest this to really anyone who wants a good watch and wants to be able to finish the series pretty quick since all three seasons are out on Netflix. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network for the week of January 15th, 2021. It's the ESO network con report. Con 
Well, it's already only the second week of the year, and uh, we've already participated in two conventions. Mike, isn't that's going to be some two, kind of record, right? Two. Uh, 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 uh. That, that's got to be two. Um, we participated um, recently in um, Podcasticon, which was a great, a lot of fun. It was put on by our good friends over at the Nerdy Laser Podcast. Um, and we actually, for those people who are listening, uh, with Ashley and Alex on the show, they, uh, are usually our movie crew and we did a panel, if you will, uh, where we talked about the movies of 2020. Um, it was a short panel. No, just kidding. Um, it was, it was a fun panel to do and, uh, we really appreciate the opportunity and, uh, you can listen to it. It is, it's going to be uh, around for perpetuity, I guess. Um, so we'll have a link to that in our show notes, but if you just go to Podcasticon, um, you can Google it or whatever, uh, you can find us. We, our panel was on uh, Saturday, um, and they've got each of the panels broken up so you can actually just watch or listen to whichever ones you want to do. Um, and I believe that the video for that is also going to be released to our patrons, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you'll be able to get real soon the pa- the video for the podcast panel. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. So if you want to see us uh, actually uh, on on the panel that we did, um, yeah, sign up for Patron and you'll be able to experience that. Um, the other um, convention that we participated in was CromCon, CromCon 10. Uh, it was it's a it's a comic convention, a virtual con- online comic convention that uh, has been uh, monthly. Uh, Pops and his crew put it together every month. And this was the 10th one they've done, obviously. And uh, we were glad to participate. Uh, we actually just um, hung out for about uh, half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, but it was a lot of fun talking to Pops, talking to some uh, of the other folks that were there, some independent comic creators. Uh, that is available as well to watch and listen to if you want to. It's, it's still available on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and put in ChromeCon 10, uh, it's, we were on there day three. Uh, and you'll find us in part one of day three, which was 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. We were actually we show up at about 2:30 p.m. I think something like that. So, um, so you can you can watch us there, and we definitely encourage you to look at the other content that was provided for those conventions as well. A lot of good stuff, a lot of great creators that they talked to, a lot of great fun discussions. So we will have a link to both of those in our show notes. So if you just want to go and and check out our stuff. Feel free to click those links and uh, and tell those conventions that you love them because they are continuing. Gromcon 11 is going to happen, I think, next month. I know that they talked about taking a little bit of time off uh, since they've done 10 in a row, but I think they're going to maybe uh, just restructure when they're going to release it. So look for the dates for Chromecon 11 coming up pretty soon. And uh, according to Richard, our good friend, Richard Yule, the uh, Podcasticon will come back. It will return as well in 2021. I believe it's actually going to be in the summer. So um, yeah, you want to look for the dates on that as well. So we plan on participating uh, with all these conventions as much as they'll have us. So, and uh, speaking as of- As long as they're virtual. 
<laughs> exactly. And speaking of virtual conventions, uh, there's one that's coming up that uh, that's this weekend, actually. Sorry for the short notice, but um, it's one of those ones where I think they wanted to try to do it uh, in person and they just are still getting organized. Uh, they should be organized by now. So uh, that, that is Aresia. It takes place in uh, Boston, uh, New England, usually. And our good friends at the Flopcast will be participating in virtual panels. Uh, I do believe that they have their schedule up now. So if you just go to Aresia.org, that's A-R-I-S-I-A.org, uh, you can find out uh, the, the complete schedule as well as look at uh, the guests of honor and you'll find uh, Kevin. And I believe, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, uh, Cornflake can't do her um, uh, water aerobics uh, there virtually, but uh, uh, maybe they've got some way around that. I don't know. But um, she could probably do it in a bathtub or something. Like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe she could uh, provide a, a bathtub Zoom experience. A whole everybody gets in their bathtub on Zoom, right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, look for that this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if that that content's going to be made available after the convention. It may, may not. Uh, so we'll have some information for that hopefully next time, or you can check back with. Um, you know, Kevin and Cornflake over at the Flopcast. So uh, that's all the convention news we have. Uh, there's others that are on the schedule, but um, right now, you know, true to last year, each convention is trying to decide whether or not they can actually happen this year. So keep uh, we'll keep posted to this uh, space. And as we find out more information, we will certainly let you know. And, uh, you know, we still, even if they're virtual, we still love talking about conventions. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our crew for sitting here with us tonight and talking about a little TV show called The Mandalorian. Mike Faulkner, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here, and I enjoyed talking about The Mandalorian with you. Oh, anything you got to shout out about, sir? Hey, I'll, I will always take the opportunity to talk about my website, Creative Criticality. It's at creativecriticality.net, where, among other things, I host the Timestamps Project, where I'm just talking about Doctor Who for years upon years upon years. Uh, I'm actually into the Matt Smith era now. I just published uh, this last week, The Vampires of Venice. Uh, so I'm making my way through the, the series still. Uh, once again, it's at creativecriticality.net. When you're done with all the Doctor Who stuff, I, I want you to start covering uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I keep I keep asking myself, what's next? <laughs> well, I haven't told. I have a few years to worry about that. But <laughs> true, true. But, I mean, uh, true. But that, like, uh, give me a give me an excuse to revisit all that fun stuff, right? <laughs> He still has class to go, Mike. Come on, you know. He's... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That'll be the. No, end he of is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he made it through Trial of the Time Lord. I will tell you that. So, not not like Earth Station Who. Come on. So, definitely understand that. And of course, Ashley, thank you. Oh, thank you. I will take any excuse I can to talk about Star Wars with other fans. Yeah, I know. This is, what, three weeks in a row you've been on the show. We went I know. Up to Four? Four, I think. Four. Yeah. Uh, wow. I just can't find my way out of the station, so I just <laughs> hang out here from week to week. She just loves us so much, she just stays in bed and, you know, just on the station. Yeah. <laughs> just live here now. 
Well, I think I think her quarantine period is over. So yes, I think she yeah. can go back to Earth now. There we go. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out about Ashley? Yes. Um, my latest uh, blog for the ESO website is up and I have reviewed Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. I really enjoyed that series and getting a chance to get caught up on that. So have more of my thoughts on there. Excellent. Very awesome. And of course, Alex Autry. Um, oh, it was a pleasure. Love being on here. Um, I didn't get to talk about the geek seat for 2020. Anyway, um, not bitter at all. Uh, no, it's always a pleasure. It's a great opportunity. And uh, yeah, the it's so easy to love Star Wars for me. So love talking about it. Anything you have a shout out about, my friend? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> All right. I kind of feel like maybe I've done enough damage tonight. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I really don't have anything. So awesome. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. And of course, it's always my pleasure. Awesome. Anything you get a shout out about? I do. Uh, I got a shout out to um, look. Uh, we know uh, our good friend Ricky Zero from uh, Radio Cult and Possum Kingdom Ramblers. He usually comes on and talks all about music. But another passion of his that uh, people may not know about are is action figures and toys. And he's got a YouTube channel where he reviews toys of the past, classic toys. Uh, many of them are Star Wars toys or GI Joe toys, and 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 just like random they're a lot of fun uh it's called his his youtube channel is called we had that um he is also um one of the organizers uh, i think the main organizer now behind toylanta so um he's got a he just released a trailer for the new uh exclusive figure for toylanta 2021 uh that's gonna be released then and uh if um i think in that in that tra- in that teaser you'll see if you blink you'll miss me but i'm actually in that a clip of that so um so which is always fun um to hang out with ricky and and talk figures but if you if you're interested in star wars figures or classic figures from the past check out we had that on youtube definitely that's pretty darn awesome and you know i'm looking forward to seeing how ricky does with like toylanta and stuff like that so it should be very interesting yeah, we're gonna we're talking to him about our involvement this year and what's what's going to happen with Toylanta and whether it's going to be virtual or not. And so, so keep uh, keep listening to us for more information on Toylanta in the in the in the weeks to coming come. Coming soon to a podcast near you or Earth Station One too. So it's pretty cool. So uh, my shout out real quick is that. You know, Judy and I have been doing a lot of binge watching lately, of course, and we've actually been binge watching Fargo, a wonderful TV show. And we've made it through the first two seasons and amazing performances in the show. And it's it's awesome. If you like the movie, it's great. But the TV show just takes it to the next level. And, you know, for, you know. FX, you know, I would have never thought, you know, they would have had something this good. I've, you know, I've heard some not so great things about the fourth season, but we're we're starting on season three already and we're just, we're enjoying it. And each season is a different story arc and it doesn't even have the same time periods and it's pretty cool. So definitely if you get a chance, do check it out. I do would recommend it a lot. 
and it's fun. It's some, oh, my God, or how are these people alive, you know, type thing or type thing. So it's just pretty awesome. Or how rotten are these people, you know, stuff like that. So if you enjoy the macabre, if you enjoy crime dramas, if you enjoy weirdness like the Coen brothers love to bring you, you're going to love this. So most definitely check out. And speaking of checking out, please, folks, check out our next episode. Next week, we have the return of one of our most popular new topics that we've done over the last year. We are doing the best we've ever eaten, and it's going to be the third outing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All new people, all new food. It's going to be a lot of fun. And how often can we say on the podcast, the we've ever wanted to eat? So it's pretty awesome. So please check us out then. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ashley Pauls, Alex Autry, and Mike Faulkner. We definitely want to thank everybody for being here, for sticking with us. And guys, with everything that's been going on already in 2021, it's been crazy. And you just, you know, try to love your loved ones. Try to take everything with a grain of salt and things will get better. And hopefully we will all be able to make it through this with a smile on our face. So just try to, you know, be cool and think things will get better. Things will from my heart. Just be safe. That's all we can ask for. And that's it. I'm done. I'm, you know, this last week threw everybody for a loop and, you know, I just think we all need to step back and breathe and hopefully better things will come to us. Peace. We love you all, and we'll see you. Cheers. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.